the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Doop-a-doop. Ba-ba-ba-ba-bop. Grant Shaw is on the show today. He's the best chef, the ba-ba-best. Before we get to him, life can be overwhelming. Super overwhelming. Many people are burned out without even knowing it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy. I know you're bummed I stopped singing, but it was just, it was starting to hurt my left boob. It's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, or if you want your therapist to know how cute your outfit is load up that video. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. I mean, every now and then you might have to be like, I know with this face, how could he not text me back? I mean, every now and then you might have to recruit the video. Mm-hmm. Good for you listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Whitney. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Whitney. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You told me to say that four times and I didn't because I have good boundaries and I don't need anyone to like me because I use BetterHelp. On to the show. (sighs) Look, I don't know how I keep conning legendary people into doing this podcast. (laughs) I have no idea. But today we have... Am I allowed to just call you the best chef in the world? Uh, Haven't you gotten that? I, that Those are the kind of awards you get. They're just like best chef I- ever. <laughs> <laughs> like you look down your list of awards and it's just like the greatest chef who ever lived. Like, they, like I, I, you know, how else? Does that I'm, I've been you? very lucky. I've been very lucky. When I, I listen to you on another podcast and, and if someone that has followed your career... Uh, and you know, is a dork. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> the way that a lot of people fan out when they meet a comedian or a musician or I geek out with chefs, nice. like people at the top and at the top of their field. Uh-huh. So like I get starstruck when I meet, you know, I'm around someone like you. Uh, so I'm going to be like nervous and flub, but it is kind of hilarious to like, is someone that's been a fan for so long to, to look at your credits and it's just like, oh yeah, uh, you know, the best chef in the United States award, food and wine, right. you know, stuff like, it's like, is that a trip to hear that? And also I know you aren't lucky. It's very sweet to say that, but you have like worked your ass off. And I heard you talking on a podcast about it. It's like, there's no shortcuts. Even today I work yeah. seven days a week. Like, you know, being a chef is one of those careers that I feel like is very similar to stand up uh-huh. and that you work at night, you're under a tremendous amount of pressure. Yep. What worked last night might not be what works tonight. 100%. You have a whole plan and the second something happens that plans out the window yep. and you're you have to be prepared for 50 things to go wrong and then uh to execute the plan you had and then to throw it all out the window and then improvise and then have be able to have grace and be able to communicate super directly with everyone going like the plan changed yep. and be a boss without being bossy. It's weird. Being a leader without <laughs> pissing people off. And then you work till four in the morning. Yeah. 
and your job is never done because all day, every day is yeah. like, oh, what's this new vegetable? Like you can't like as a comedian, when I walk through the world, it's just like, oh, is that a joke? Is that funny? Oh, what's funny about trash can? Like I can't ever turn it off. I imagine you just move through the world and it's like, what's that tomato? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. And the same with restaurants and being a chef and doing comedy, your material has to change, right? And you have, just like the audience in a show, you don't know how they're going to react. So same for us. Like We have 100 guests at the restaurant every night. We have 30 chefs in the kitchen. So there's always human error, mm-hmm. right? There's always a little bit of inconsistency. And then you always have 100 different palettes out in the dining room. And you get through all that. And the next day, you do it all over again. Which is like live comedy. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, t- it's you know, literal and figurative. It's about taste. It's yeah. like, you know, you have some people that like are going to get the joke, not going to get the joke. They're going to be offended by the joke, triggered by the joke. Some people, you know, say so idea of having that real-time feedback. I think that someone tasting food is very similar to someone uh, hearing a joke live because it's in, an involuntary reaction. They can't really fake it. Right. You you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, you gotta, you gotta, it's not like a Broadway play or music where you, where you put it out and someone's listening to their home in their house. You don't right. know what their reaction is, but this is live. And when you're on tour, right? You have, you're in different cities and those cultures react differently. I That happened to us. We did um, a pop-up in Madrid so we took a lineage to Madrid for uh, a month. And just the palettes there were just very different. We had to adjust everything, our and seasoning, we, everything. And so when you do a pop-up, mm-hmm. why why do you choose Madrid? Like, if you could choose anywhere, I'm just curious. Like I love Spain. Just to go there. And- yeah, I love Spain. And a lot of our uh, team had never been to Europe. They were young. They've just never been. Yeah. Like, they had to get passports and stuff. And then how do you know, like— when like so as a comedian when i go to you know state to state city to city or, or touring scandinavia people will say like mm, they might not get that here right, mm. right when do you go you know what that's a note worth taking or no i'm gonna do what i do and i'm not gonna change what i do because of a different taste when is it like i'm honoring this palette or is it like no i'm doing what i do we when we went to spain we took the indigenous ingredients and some of their techniques and we alineified them. Yeah. So we put them through our lens. You turn them right? into a balloon. Yeah, sort yeah. of. Yeah, we actually did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just really quick want to say, I, I usually start these podcasts asking someone, are we friends? Like, how do we know each other? Uh-huh. So everyone sort of like knows. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw that to you. Okay. Sure. Was it 20 years ago that we met? It was... Not money. The first basically job I got that paid me any money was it really? as a comedian was Lexus hired me yeah. to do a talk show in their new cars. Yeah. And I like went to 10 cities and interviewed like the most, you know, influential people in music, you know, culture, uh-huh. you know, chef in each city. Uh-huh. And I got to interview you yeah. in a little car. That was a riot. Okay, so yeah, you're you're just going to go drive. I'm Grant Agus, the chef owner of a linear restaurant in Chicago. 
Normally comedians come out of like just bad childhoods. That's basically how, that right? how well, we... That's what, that's what chefs do too. Is that true? That's why I'm asking. Like how, what's the common denominator in the people that become chefs? What is it? Right. Oh, careful. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, that was hardcore. That mu- I must have been a nightmare. That was great. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. You know, and I remember, you know, then you had already talked about what happened, you know, with your you know, the the health issue. Yeah. But I just, I, as someone that I never want to ask something that anyone else has asked in an interview or that you've asked, talked about so much. Right. But now <clears throat> I feel the need to talk about it again as, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were diagnosed with tongue cancer. Yep. Uh, they said, we're going to have to cut out 75% of it. Yep. You said, no, I'm going to get some second opinions. You found this incredible person. Yep. And then you lost your taste from the key. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price and then got it back. Right, for a year. It was gone. Already already amazing, but I want to just revisit that again because after COVID, all of a sudden, you know, that's a story that's already wild because, like, a chef lost his sense of yeah, taste. Yeah, yeah. At what point are you like, all right, God, I get I get what you're telling. Like, right. w- w- did it have anything to do with being a chef and taste? Like, or was that just a total co- crazy coincidence? Crazy coincidence. Never, no wrist factors, no... That's like as a comedian, me getting smoked. cancer in my wrist where I hold yeah, the microphone. Right. Never smoked, never drank heavily, never, you know, no, nothing. No they, HPV they cunnilingus. No HPV. They had no idea where it came from. And so now I feel like it's worth revisiting that and talking to you because, you know, the big thing about COVID was you lose your taste. Yeah. And there was this huge zeitgeist thing where... All of a sudden, there was a whole new yeah. appreciation for your taste. Right. I, I guess people don't realize we've all probably had the flu. And, you know, you're eating your chicken soup, you can't taste it, mm-hmm. right? The COVID thing really brought it to the forefront. Um, I apparently never had COVID. Really? I don't. I, I feel like karmically you paid your dues I, yeah, in the health department. Yeah, right. like, we'll spare him on yeah, this round. He's already that. lost his taste. Yeah, let's not be <laughs> assholes about it. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Was no, it weird to hear people complaining about that after what you went taste? through? Yeah. No, no, I was sympathetic to it. I mean, you have no motivation to eat. Yeah, right? Yeah. Even though you have to do it to survive, if you can't taste, it's just like, eh. But there's also something, you know miraculous that happens when you lose one sense. So I had COVID and I lost basically most of my brain. You guys saw the podcast over the pandemic. (laughs) I got like the brain fog and I couldn't remember things. I I lost my taste and smell, but it is kind of amazing. The, like, did you find there was any magic in the other senses that got stronger as you lacked that and were building up? I definitely paid attention to the other senses to make up for it. Yeah. I don't know that they got heightened. I just paid attention to them, you know. That's so interesting. I would listen to food. Sounds a little weird. Wow. Yeah, I know. But you know, I've spent my whole life cooking. So when you put something in a saute pan, yeah, 
I know by the way the oil is popping. If the pan's hot enough, if it's ready to be flipped, if it, you know. So you really start paying attention to that stuff. I'm obsessed with the wisdom that only comes with age and experience. Yeah. In a time where kind of anyone can do a f- funny video on TikTok and call themselves a comedian. Yeah. Anyone can take a picture of a pretty avocado toast and say they're a chef. Like, you know, I think that people like you and I that have put in like the 10,000 hours yeah. and like, you know, um, you know, worked so hard to a point to where it's like, you know, you have this additional skill that is your intuition and your instinct and things you just can't teach someone that's just starting out. You can't right. teach someone this is when the oil is the hottest one. It, it's just you have to have put in that 10,000 hours. Yep. Like, you know, what are you seeing with new people coming in? And I'm not saying an entitlement, but there's a certain thing I see with jobs like this where I'll see a comedian come in and they're like, well, where's my special? I've been doing this for two years. And you're like, yeah, I promise you, I... you think you're ready. But some, when when you're really ready is when you're able to do that when everything goes wrong. Yeah. If you can't do this with the microphone going out, with a drunk person going, fuck you, Definitely, cut. Yeah. You know. I The instant gratification now that everybody expects is just, it's hard to deal with. But I also don't want to sound like a dinosaur. And I also feel like, culturally, like we have to move on. Like, you know, I used to work 16, 17 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I don't think people should. I had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, to succeed, but now people just—I'm going to generalize. Mm-hmm. Most of the younger people that we have coming in the kitchen, they want to work eight hours a day and be a chef, like the first year that they're cooking, and it just doesn't work that way. It's just not possible. Yeah, you have to—you have to learn the basics. You have to pay your dues a bit. And I, for me, uh, like I'm always, you know, torn between going like, yes. I probably did it un- an unnecessarily hard way. There are yeah. probably some ways that can be easier, but I'm already like, you already have it. You have social media now. You already, you have yeah. YouTube. You can compare, like, those are, those are shortcuts that are like, okay, no, that's just progress. But there's certain stuff that's like, if you really want to be a great comedian, if you want really want to be a, a, a great writer, performer, you're going to have to put in that 10,000 hours. Yeah. And um, yep. it's hard to convince some younger people that these I days. Agree. But man, am I glad that I did it. I don't know, like you say, as you get older, you get wiser, right? Had I been as wise as I am now back then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am now. And sometimes no the way. wisdom doesn't come, you know, consciously. It's like when shit hits the fan yeah. and you're able to improvise and know exactly what to do, when, like that's when it comes in, you know? So I'm just curious, like, you know, what have you learned as a boss, being in charge of so many people yeah. and having to be in charge, be an authority figure, but still, you know, people want to feel invested and they don't want, you know, it, it's this weird time where I feel like being a boss, I don't want to, I want to be a boss without being bossy. And right. you're under so much pressure. I'm always so impressed by chefs because you have to yell out all these orders without people feeling like you're yelling at them. <laughs> right, right. We had a, a young culinarian about two weeks ago that, decided to quit, just walked out. Okay. And when HR did the interview, the exit interview with him, uh, the reason was because when I walk into the restaurant, I don't say hello to every single person. Mm -hmm. 
And so, but if you did, you'd get sued for sexual harassment. <laughs> perhaps I don't know. Or I would, Why is he or saying hello to me? The, the first hour of my day would be saying hello to everyone, and it's just a weird balance that you're saying. But what I really miss is, I miss the immaturity. Like I miss that feeling of 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I miss that rawness. I miss not knowing if it's going to work. So the maturity that I have now. I can go in the kitchen and just sort of, I just know it's going to work. It's not that exciting. It really is about that adrenaline, isn't it? Of like the pressure of. And discovery. Mm -hmm. Like, how cool is it when you write something new and you're like, this is going to crush. Right? And same for me. What what is the next balloon? What is the next tabletop dessert? Mm -hmm. Those only come around every so often, you know? And when they do, it's special. Have you noticed that there's any kind of like this? I was, you know, just thinking about, you know, again, how close being a chef is to being a comedian. And I was like, okay, these days, sort of the big challenge as a comedian is you can't say this word and this this is punching down. And people like, you know, largely that's it's cancel culture is not real. Most comedy fans don't want safe comedy. But there has been an evolution of like, yeah, we're not doing fat chicks jokes. We're not saying the N word or tranny. Like there's certain things like that was a necessary evolution. Yep. But I was thinking about yours and I was like, I wonder what it would be now. And I was like, oh, is it like allergies? <laughs> like this new thing where <laughs> gluten and peanut allergies. Well, like, do I you mean, find yourself being like, "Oh, I have my hands tied"? Yeah, a bit, but that—that's always been there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's always been there. I, you know, I think it really is the, the people that are working now. It's just hard to, with the cultural shift and the the reprioritization of work-life balance, it. It has really flipped the whole model of running a restaurant at at that level, you know, where it was always so demanding and so stressful. And even, I mean, the, the cliche of Gordon Ramsay, like, swearing and throwing a pan and, like— that, Now that's like a toxic working environment. Oh, yeah, you, none of that. So we've really had to change in the last five years a lot with our management style and mm-hmm. expectations and— it's You're a, like, in short, the food's always cold because uh, we're not allowed to rush it. <laughs> right. You can't tell anybody to hurry up. Right. <laughs> Only gazpacho from right. now on. Right. But, but you know, that that is really heartbreaking for me to hear because it's like, you know, if you're signing up to be mentored by and to work under someone that is – it's just frustrating that it's it's not like, you know, I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt that this is a management style that has – worked and been efficient and it's not yep. personal. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Saying we gotta get this moving. It's like no one's attacking you. No one's right. you know and knowing the difference. If yeah. someone is truly being emotionally abusive, that's different than someone just being a boss who's like in a rush. For it's sure. you know, so it's like it is a really tough balance, but it, it it really it is frustrating when I hear someone like you who I know has such a great heart and I know would never intentionally be sadistic. Right. Like you don't get off on being sadistic, but you just want to get it done and you know, and I think it really when 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 this stuff happens, it robs the next generation of learning, you know, some af- effective ways to get shit done quickly. It's a yeah. thing that's, don't become a chef if you don't want to be in the chaos of like, right. let's move. How you uphold the standards. So to you, like, what excites you, like, in terms of, like, uh, you know, I was listening to you talk about, you know, there's a couple of restaurants in L.A. you, like, yeah. actually really like. Like, yep. what, like for me, if I'm going to go see comedy, it's sort of like, oh, God, it's like feels like work. Like, what yeah. excites you in the food world right now? Well. Please don't say sourdough. <laughs> it won't be sourdough. 
So, you know, obviously for me, it's still about discovery. I want to see new stuff. I would love, I'm almost 48 years old. So I would love for the next 27-year-old to come out of nowhere and just blow the doors off of everyone. Because I want to eat at that restaurant. Yeah. I want to, even if I can't produce it like I used to, where it's all fresh and new all the time, I still want to experience it. No. You know, there was a restaurant. There is a restaurant here in LA that is like that. And is that the one in Culver City? Yeah, Vespertine. Vespertine. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I am a little bit biased because he worked for me for a bit, but uh, the meal that I had there was like it was. Case in point, if you work for me and don't go to HR, you will have an <laughs> yeah. amazing restaurant. Just right. suck it up. <laughs> but you know, it was that. It was that. Probably only three times in my life have I felt like I was on Mars. Wow. Nothing was familiar. Everything was new, exciting. Like, that's that's cool. That's you pretty know? surreal. Yeah. And then, so this is oh, an odd question, I know. But to me, you know, working in restaurants, uh, you know, being a waitress, working in places where you are uh, entertaining people, uh-huh. I feel like, you're uniquely qualified to have some observations about like human nature. Yeah. Like what have you learned about, you know, as someone that crafts surprises for people, you create those holy shit moments, those yep. <gasps> moments, yep. you know, the art of, of service uh-huh. and feeding someone is such an intimate. Yeah, for sure. Thing. Is there anything so like. So personal, right? Is that like in the difference between waiting 20 minutes for a meal versus 30 like if people are waiting on it does it make it le- like i'm just curious if there's any rules and things you would know that oh man there's a bunch but one thing i know is that people that come to Alenia steal a lot of stuff <laughs> they're oh. very rude right so you i mean Alenia is an expensive restaurant Right? And you have to wait like three months to get in. Maybe yeah. people feel entitled. So apparently they have to take like the votive out of the bathroom and <gasps> put it in their purse. Or they have to, we had recently when we reopened after the pandemic, uh, randomly we had a FedEx envelope in the mail addressed to me. No return address. Opened it up. There was an Alinea embroidered napkin and a spoon. <laughs> and there was a handwritten note and it was just, I'm sorry. I felt bad when I got home. Here's your napkin and spoon back. Why would someone steal a spoon? What are you going to do with one spoon? Seriously. And this happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. Anyway, that's not necessarily what I learned, but maybe. You know why? <laughs> Here's the thing about that. As someone that I feel like when I was 21 would do some shit like that, it's like, it. you know, having a spoon for millennia is really cool until you tell someone you stole it. Yeah. If you're like, Grant gave this to me, right. it's the coolest thing to have. Yeah. Every but, morning you wake up and you have cereal with an Alinea spoon. <laughs> yeah, but then like, you're like, holy <laughs> shit, you have an Alinea spoon. Yeah. Where she, and then you're, how'd you get it? It's like, well, I stole well, it. You're I like, stole you're it. an asshole. Yeah. I feel like he told a couple people about it. For and they were sure. like, you're and a dick. Shamed them. They and then had them. to send it back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or had too much wine, like whatever. Because it's like, as Perhaps. someone that totally loves shit like that, not from a restaurant, like one of my favorite things to do at Christmas parties is steal an ornament okay. and then give it to the person for Christmas the following do year. Do they know? Do they recognize <laughs> you it? Just, you take like an ornament off their tree, put it in your purse, and then for Christmas next year, wrap it up and give it to them. 
Uh, what's the reaction? It's just a funny <laughs> where people are just like, "What?" A, it's just a dumb, stupid thing. I like it. And a lot of times, it, it's like for my friends that just like have you know have fancy shit, yeah. and they'll be like, "Thank you so much. I love this. This is gorgeous." I'm like, uh-huh. "It's yours." Yeah, they don't even. Know. You don't even know. Right, you know, so right. it's just like a funny, dumb, stupid like little it. prank. But that's yeah. just, but that's fascinating. But like the idea of like. The lighting in the bathrooms, the lighting it, like yeah. it, you have it down to such an art and a science. It makes such a big difference. It's yeah. like, you know, as a comedian, it's like the tiniest thing, a light being too light, yep. the spotlight not being perfect, the music stopping too soon. As yep. soon as someone in the experience has an idea that the experience was curated to not manipulate them, but, but to cre- But it is though. There's an yeah. awkward, when, when you hear a spoon drop, when you hear a thing yeah. break, all of a sudden it breaks the magic spell you're under. Yeah. Like, what are some mistakes that people make in restaurants, like with lighting, with plates, with s- serving, with... They don't, um, what everyone has to understand is you have, a, again, you have a hundred people in there that all have a different opinion. Yep. Right? So if you control an environment you have to explain it in vagaries. Does that make sense? Kind of. So rather than force your opinion on them mm-hmm. and try to tell them how to eat or tell them what they're what they like, mm-hmm. you have to tell the story to make them believe that they like it. Of course. You know what I mean? Yes. So in that, but it, that you have to think it's your idea. It can't. You can't exactly. feel manipulated. So it's it's like a hand, it, very it hands off to feel like it's hand hands on. So it feels hands off. Right. And that it's just a lot of practice. It's a big deal. I mean, it's yeah. like when I go into a you know stand up show, and if I'm running a little bit late, and the music's already playing in the house, yep. and it's not loud enough, I'm like. I don't want to come off like a bitch, or a lot, but it has to be yeah. 20% louder yep. or people are hearing other people chew gum. It, there's a decibel level that makes people go, I'm about to party instead of like, I'm waiting for a show. Yeah. You know, and it makes such a big difference. And it's something you can only sort of know if you've been doing it a long time and have been burned and seen how it fucks everything up. Like if I go on stage and the in the first six rows are all totally lit, I'm like, fuck. Why? Because it's it's basically, you know, well, now with masks, I uh-huh. do completely, completely dark. I Pretty much the mask mandate is done right now. Yeah. But if people see other people in masks or not in masks or it's distracting for someone that's watching. Because uh-huh. if you can see the person next to you, you're like, what? Why are you doing that? Why are you talking so much? Why is your back? Uh-huh. Like you want to sort of make it as dark as possible, especially when you're doing edgy material. So no one feels like they're in trouble if they laugh. I see. And the more lit they are, the more on display there also is someone that talks to the audience and kind of can like they're kind of like when is she going to call on me am I in trouble you know so you want them to feel like they're completely anonymous and totally in the dark and that's funny because in the restaurant it's sort of the opposite Mm -hmm. where obviously everybody wants to look beautiful right yep and for the longest time the only thing that I cared about was the food so when we first built the restaurant we had pin lights coming down and hitting the table right where the plate where would go. But everybody looked terrible <laughs> because the light was from above yep. and you'd have the shadows. Um, and, you look you know. like everyone looks like Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, you know, we had to install mid-light That's and once we did, I'm t- it changed the atmosphere <gasps> in the restaurant. 
people felt more confident, they were happier. I assumed that they assumed that they looked better, you know? Weird stuff like that. Because, you know, COVID has changed, you know, the live business dramatically, you yeah. know, in terms of, sorry, no I have a puppy that is just very needy. Um, so, uh, you know, it's changed live business in a lot of ways. You know, comedians, we can adapt because there's nothing we can't kind of joke about, you know. You know, the idea of people coming to sit shoulder to shoulder, you know, in the dark with other strangers and exhale droplets. Like, yeah. of course, we were going to have to make some changes. Is there anything in the restaurant business, whether it's like the menu being on the barcode or anything like that, that you're just like, oh, we have to go back to the way it was before because it killed some of the magic? I mean, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eating in masks. Yeah. I mean. Imagine edible masks. You got to do both. Masks. You have to do the yeah. Right, that would be good. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we, we had, give you a mask and you just slowly eat it off. Right. Uh, yeah, everything. We, I mean, from the from the perspective of the staff, imagine being in a hot kitchen for 12, 14 hours with this thing on your face. Nightmare. Oh, nightmare. But even the way that um, we had to space everyone out, mm-hmm. that dramatically changed the atmosphere in the restaurant. You know, if if now all of a sudden you're six, eight feet apart from everyone else, you mm-hmm. feel isolated. Yeah, and there's no so, energy, and there's you know, it's just very different. Especially at a, 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 you know restaurants like yours next in Alinea, where like when you see someone else getting their food, you're like, "What's that? Oh yeah. my god!" It's there's like there's none of that, right? I mean, now it's coming back, but it was weird. It felt and, sterile. And then was it like? I guess it was supposed to. Feel sad. <laughs> so like, maybe we were doing the right thing. Yeah. And like the because well, Alinea is sort of you 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 get all these courses, but like just the magic of holding up a menu that's not on your phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate, miss I, that. I always hated the QR code thing. Mm-hmm. Always. Is that going to go away, or is that going to stay so. forever? I think it'll be around. I think people like to be able to have it with them. But by the time I do it, I'm like on my phone, and I get a text, and it's now I feel same. like I'm on my phone. I know. And there's something that that piece of paper or whatever it is, there's the ability to be creative with that, mm-hmm. make it part of the experience. The way it's the paper it's on, the way the font, the everything about it, you know. And because we look at our phones all day. All by the day. time, it's like getting a menu at a beautiful restaurant like yeah. this. You're like, you either open it up or there's just this like. <gasps> Like, I feel like a princess for the night. I love the giant menu. Me too. Right, and you just hide behind it. Yes, it's a, I just, there's, I, I didn't realize how much of a part of that, the experience, of, a dining experience was until I'm yeah. like taking out the QR code. I'm like, it's not working. Wait, do you have Wi-Fi? Where? And you're just like, oh God. The last menu before the pandemic, we actually took it kind of to the extreme where you had to, uh, it was a, a word search. So you had this card filled with letters we gave everybody a pencil, and the items on the menu that they were about to receive would be embedded in the word search, and they had to circle it. That is... Yeah. Is that there me- anything that you've done that was incredibly... Ex- every Most of, you know, your legendary... I've got the Alinea coffee table book right here. It's uh-huh. like my porn. Uh, but all these incredible things that you've done, hot potato, cold potato, the yeah. bubble gum, that just the wild magic tricks that you've done with, you know, your um, molecular gastronomy. Uh-huh. Is there anything that, like, went wrong solely because of a human <laughs> nature thing? Yeah, there's one that jumps out to me right away. We created a special service piece. It's in the book, actually, that 
suspended the food uh, about 14 inches off the table surface on a long wire. So there's a single bite on a wire. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And you were instructed to lean forward and eat the bite off the wire without using your hands. So, you can imagine, depending on who you were, yeah. most of the guys wouldn't touch it. They the put, men. Yeah. Because it felt just embarrassing? Yeah. And sexual is a little bit phallic, maybe. Yeah, it's there's something about that. Yeah. yeah. So you would have people that would love it and burst out in laughter, and that was the point. And yeah, was, you yeah. Know, to be a little you, awkward and, then, and silly. And then people that were just completely offended and just push it away. Guys, you're like, I'm not going to suck a dick. Yep. You're just like, what? Yeah. And so, again, like, you absolutely can't please everyone. That's so fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. That's- so those social experiments are a lot of fun. Because food, you know, people, I mean, we all eat three times a day or more, right? And you're so, it's so personal. And you're so accustomed to your preferences on flavor, even the utensils that you use and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So to present someone with something that's outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. It's fun. We're going to take a little break from me having a crush on Grant to talk about Ritual. Ritual is going to be talked about by Grace. Ritual has a new product. It's called Symbiotic Plus. It's here and it's amazing. It's sinfully good. Um, and it's actually more than a probiotic, if mm-hmm. you guys can believe it. Wait, how do you know it's good? Are you chewing it up? And <laughs> No, I'm snorting it. And that's why I'm acting like this. And that's why I look so beautiful today is because it's just like straight out of my men. It's a three-in-one with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. To support a balanced gut microbiome. One daily capsule. All of that is in mm-hmm. one simple daily capsule. Please don't talk to anyone you date like this. Streamline. You think I date people? Streamline <laughs> gut support and does not require refrigeration. Thank God it's just all in one because I can't handle anything else. No, 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 can't no. Can't no, no. more than one. <laughs> Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate your... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Not because Emily doesn't oh, want just, to swallow, it's just everything gives both of these two diarrhea. So that's the only reason they don't swallow. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no more shame in your gut game. <laughs> there's no, there's no, no, I have hives right now. <laughs> there has been no shame in either of their gut game. That's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Whitney to start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. Stop being a silly goose. Take Ritual. If you don't, you're going to have bad karma. Good segue, Em. Want a new credit card but not sure how to choose? Why are you reading it like a weirdo? I'm reading it naturally. Why are you doing a rhetorical question? Well, it's, are you not sure how to choose? I I mean, clearly, (laughs) clearly, if they're listening to this podcast, they can't choose a credit card, which is why they chose us, because we are talking directly to the people that are wishy-washy about their credit card. Credit cards can be a racket. 
Oh, huh. and uh, yes, I did just miss the uh, the, <laughs> sure the thing did. on the chair. <laughs> Take me seriously when it comes to credit. I know my shit. Mm-hmm. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. In a jam, it'll show you the cheapest brand of jam. Thank God. <laughs> Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options the same way you should be doing in your dating life mm. and your marriage. Mm. Ready mm. to find the mm. card for you? Head to Credit Karma with a K and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app if you're like a grace type of person. Go to the app to find the card for you. Or go to creditcard.com, find a credit card to buy a new phone because your phone's out of storage. You can't download any apps. So oh just God, use the website. Even if you wanted to, we don't have Wi-Fi here. Yes! <laughs> That's creditkarma.com. Whitney, do you have any... Oh are you God. going anywhere soon? Are you I... traveling? Are you gonna? Are you racking up any I feel points like this could on be a your question? <laughs> I am. I am childless, and mm. that is not changing anytime Except soon. Except for the two of us. Don't mm, panic. Yeah. I have my stand-up special taping May thirteenth and fourteenth. And new, it, <laughs> if you if you do that during the taping, you will be asked to leave. That's and this is in Newark, New York. This is in Newark, New Jersey. So if you are asked to leave, <laughs> you might never get home. home. Yeah. Oh, that too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Victoria Theater at the NJ Pack is where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, May 20th, I'll be at Tyson's Corner, Virginia, at the Capital One Hall. As y'all may know, my mom used to work at Tyson's Corner. Mm-hmm. I used to go hang out there after school. Not one creep talked to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's it's like when really, I was in the elevator with really Harvey Weinstein. Oh, and yeah. my fly was open and he told me. <laughs> Emily was in an elevator with Harvey Weinstein. Her fly was open and he told her. He did look down. I think it was because it was like protruding out. Like mm. it was obvious. I Your thought he pussy? No, like the the you know when your flies. Oh yeah, because you wear those like like my yeah hip huggers. May twenty first, Whitney will be in Huntington, New York, at the Paramount. What brand of jeans are you? Like, don't say lucky. cashmere cupcakes. Cashmere cup. You love saying cashmere. Cupcakes. I know because you. I laugh every time, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> cupcakes and cashmere. So funny. <laughs> what is it's it? Such a good joke. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> because it's so real. But what is like, it? Emily it's just like is, such a niche brand that's like only on Revolve. Emily is a walking cupcakes in cashmere. Grace has a Tweety Bird coming out of her pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, speaking of credit karma, funny <laughs> money. I, it's unbelievable what I put up with here. Did somebody say and Whitney's sale? collar is popped on the third flannel shirt she's put on today. That bears her midriff, and I'm a cashmere. <laughs> oh my god! Cashmere quit it because it's Tweety Bird. Where are you going to be June 24th? In, on June 24th, I'm going to be in Calgary uh, at Prince Prince's Island Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 R.I.P. Prince. I have so Raspberry many thoughts Brand. about that. Uh, June 26th, I'll be in Toronto, Ontario, at the Danforth Music Hall, and then I have some rescheduled shows because of many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, September 8th, I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'll be at the Taft. Theater. I'll actually be performing this time instead of just getting to the hotel at 10 p.m. Oh for no reason at all. September 9th, I'll be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'll be at the Merriam Theater. You guys know I went to college in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. so if you were one of my professors I had a crush on, it's legal now. Uh, it was legal then, too, but... <laughs> 
you had standards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you were married. <laughs> uh, on September 10th, I was boring. September 10th, I'll be in Richmond, Virginia at the National. Mm-hmm. September 24th, I'll be in Charlottesville, Virginia at the Paramount Theater. Uh, you're going to love it. Can't wait. Back to my hero, Grant, who I feel like I'm making very uncomfortable with all my stuttering and awkwardness. So let me ask you, as someone who, you know, I did text you earlier, full disclosure, I was like, what do we serve Grant to eat and drink? This is my nightmare. What on a daily basis, like as like the past with your health, like what on a daily basis? I'm just curious when you're like, you were like, I'll just have Oreos or whatever it was. Do you consciously, you know, think about your health now that you're in remission and and free and clear? Because, I mean, there is so much science coming out. Now, obviously, food matters and what you put in your body matters, but it's also about how you feel about the food. Sometimes, you know, if we're really stressed out about eating the right thing, yeah. that's actually worse for you than yep. eating the quote-unquote unhealthy thing. Right. Where are you in that? I'm not particularly healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably lean more towards mentally make myself feel good mm-hmm. <laughs> than physically. Um, I mean, look, our my grandfather ate McDonald's every day for fifty years. And, like, it lived till he was, you know. Sure, you know it. I'm also a chef that works still a tremendous amount, so I rarely sit down for a meal during the day. If I eat, it's probably standing up, and it's really fast. And it's something that we prepare the whole staff meal, you know. And so, you know, I love pasta, and I love. Ice cream and rich crackers and you know, I don't I don't that's people have this notion that because I'm a chef cooking all this like food that I plate with tweezers that I go home and do that. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> right? I go home and have a bowl of cereal or something. What kind of cereal do you eat? Well, I'm a, I, I like junk food cereal too, like cinnamon toast crunch. Dude, that's my shit. Cinnamon so, toast Apple Jacks? Apple Jacks, yeah. I love the sweet stuff. Peanut butter, Cap'n Crunch. Peanut, I love peanut butter. I will eat peanut butter out of a jar with a spoon. All day. In front of the entire staff. <laughs> and they're just like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> you know? I just love peanut butter. That is so fascinating yeah. to me. Um, and then is there something where, do you ever feel like, I've been doing this for so long, when am I going to be able to just work? <laughs> kind of less hard like like the idea of it's like i mean when am i gonna be able to just like is this gonna run on its own without me having to run it have you just learned you know what you know the more successful i get the more i realize i'm actually gonna have to work harder and harder because the bar gets higher and higher and you always have to be there to set the target and maintain quality control even though there's this little thing in the back of your mind it's like i've put in all these hours like when am i gonna like be able to just phone it in, it'll run on its own. So the truth is, it's not what I physically do. It is my presence in the restaurant, and that goes on the employee side and the guest side. So imagine if, I don't know, you go to a YouTube concert, you sit down, you're all excited, Mm-hmm. Instead of Bono walking up, some other dude walks up, and you're like, "Well, this this is gonna suck." Yeah. Right. Yeah. That happens on the guest side all the time. If they know that I'm not in the restaurant mentally, it's already not gonna be as good. The truth of the matter is, it'll wow. probably be 
better That's... at times. The team is really tight. And, you know, some of the people that we have there have been there 15 years. How would it be better if you weren't there? Yeah. They're trying hard. They wouldn't they be all grumpy that you didn't say hi when you came no, in? Maybe they wouldn't that. be pouting? Maybe that. No, they have something to prove. Yeah. They have something to prove. And and they they would love nothing more than to, to have somebody come in and then write me an email and say, holy cow, that was amazing. Because that makes them feel good. You know? It is it is a tough one. We need to get you. This is my robot. We need to get you a robot <laughs> that oh, can just be yeah. in the back and I they think you're that. there. Yeah. Because <laughs> also, you know, just there's taste is so personal. I mean, just, you know, I'm fascinated by it. It's like, I'm I'm a black licorice bitch. Uh, yeah? I'm a black licorice bitch. Okay. I know that is the hottest take I've ever had. That is the most polarizing thing. It really is. You can for say. <laughs> and like, you know, I have a friend that cilantro tastes really bad to her. Like there's some is it cilantro? That, yeah. That's a genetic yeah. thing. In this it's a it's a genetic thing, yeah. right? Isn't yep. it? We've been evolved to, you know, recoil at certain flavors. Yep. Is that based on where you are from? Probably tastes soapy. To her it's like she's like, like dish soap. Yeah. and then so i'm always curious like do you have you gleaned any uh like insight on what's nature and what's nurture with people and their like emotional reactions to food i mean i certainly have them mm -hmm. I, I there's food that i don't like like what sea urchin sea urchin yeah yeah that's fair i don't like it but if you didn't know what it looked like would you like it does that make sense? Like how much of what something looks like affects, do you or, know what I'm saying? Or where it comes from. There's a lot of, men, like we, we have people come in the restaurant and they're like, I'll eat everything but no ducks. Ducks. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, why, why duck? Well, I had a pet duck when I was growing up or a rabbit or mm -hmm. something. Um, yeah, not so much how it looks like with the urchin. It's, it's, there's just something fascinating. I don't like the way it tastes. Yeah. There's something fascinating to me about like what you were just saying when you're like, when one sense is taken away, like just thinking of someone, if they had their vision taken away, like, you know, how, how much is uh, taste like psychological? Yeah. I'm fascinated by. There's a restaurant in Copenhagen that um, is very theatrical. And yes. They, What's it, called? Oh, it's uh, Alchemist. Right. Oh, okay. I was thinking. And so they, they, they'll, they'll serve you a, a beef course and they'll, play a video of the animal being slaughtered. And they're, <laughs> I know, and, but they're trying to, they're trying to promote like sustainability and all that sort of stuff. But they also want you to know where the food comes from because they feel like people take that for granted, right? Yeah. I know. Probably not for me. Either. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say Noma. Not which Noma. Is, yeah, yeah. is the one that, you know, is, because Noma's great. Yeah, no, I went, I went when I performed in Copenhagen, at, you know, and there was like all this like moss around something. And then yep. I remember going like, psych, I know this is an incredible meal because it's at Noma, uh -huh. but I remember going like moss, like yeah. grow, like, that gives me a little bit of an eerie feeling, you know? You're eating ants. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yep. What do you make of this? Or are you going to, uh, I was just at this like tech sort of conferency thing and everyone's like, you know, the next thing is cricket. Crickets. We're eating crickets. Well, where are you only are, eating bugs? Yeah, fruits have been popular in Mexico for a long time. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you have a gluten intolerance, they make flour out of crickets. Like, is there any new thing that you're like? You have a cricket croissant. Really? Sure. 
fascinating. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by like the new stuff that's coming along. So it's like, you know, the the you know, uh meat free meat. Stuff yeah. like what are you yeah. like? I'm excited about this and this is a new challenge. And what are you like? I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> I we don't use it as a restaurant. Um I think we should probably pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. If if in fact we can prove that it is beneficial to the environment. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is some of those alternatives aren't, I feel like. That's true. You know. And also in your body too. Like mm-hmm. some of the the meat substitutes have a lot of sugars in them, a lot mm-hmm. of different types of sugars and a lot of soy products, yeah. which sometimes isn't the best for you. Yeah, soy has a lot of like GMOs and yep. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's this yep. tricky thing where, you know, I was reading about, um, you know, quinoa. I mean, like, oh, quinoa is right. just like superfood. And then you find out that the country that is providing the quinoa is like getting fucked by that, our obsession with quinoa. Or, like, sure. we're all doing almond milk now. That's that's healthier and less chemicals and antibiotics. And then you're like, oh, that's causing the drought in California. Right. So it's like right. one solution causes another problem, which uh, most is so of the time. frustrating. I think most of the time that's, yeah. But just in, in, in general, that's just kind of a fascinating, um, you know, thing to me when I think of, you know, comedians right now and how we're having to course correct and adapt to this new cultural climate. I'm yeah. always curious what a chef like you is like, you know, what to adapt to. Um, well, we now it's appropriation, right? So yes, Alinea, Alinea is has always been known for influences from all over the world, right? You might sit down and have a 15-course meal. One of them be rooted in Thailand, and then you might go to Peru, and then you might be in France. And so we've kind of pulled all that in. But now people are saying, well, you probably shouldn't cook Mexican food. So it makes it a little bit, you know, in the same way that you have to perhaps yep. adjust or, or your repertoire is now yep. has to be you know, mess with. And just in the way, like, you know, if I'm going to, you know, if you're going to wear, you know, I happen to have something right here, um, uh, turquoise or something that Uh was come, uh, you know, is is derivative of like Native American jewelry or something, which I wear a lot of. It's just a matter of buying it from a Native American artist and not a non-Native American person selling something that we're in getting credit for but that in food that is so wild to me because to me that's just like the key to a lot of influences making some new thing and and when are you paying homage to something and celebrating it and when you appropriate it which is you know emily and i talk about all the time because i'm always like stepping in shit with what i say of like i say chinese finger trap it's like well you're not and i'm like well then am i not allowed to say french fries am i not allowed to say mexican standoff right. like when or is it is french fries appropriating french when does it start and when does it stop and right. who makes the rules yeah and french fries were invented in belgium right. so <laughs> who knows what's going on there right? totally totally yeah. and like when do you go yes okay that makes sense and when do you go like no that's not that's too far you know because some it's our job sometimes to go like that's too far. We have to edit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're still doing all those cuisines at Alenia. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm not editing too hard. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like we have to have, we have to make sure that we maintain our creative freedom. Right. As long as we don't overly offend someone. Because it's also, for me, food is, to me, the biggest shortcut of understanding and developing a connection to a culture 
a, a group of people that you normally wouldn't know or understand or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's such a big part of uh, empathizing and understanding different cultures. You and know? a lot of that is my interpretation through travel or friends that mm-hmm. I know or stuff, you know, stuff like that. So I feel like we we have a narrative, we have a story that we're telling, and I feel as long as we're sensitive. Yeah, to, to and respectful. Yeah, yeah and it's respectful, about a reverence. You know? Yeah. Have you seen, actually, this is, I don't want to, like, look, this has already been a huge article. Like, I'm not, you know, destroying this person's business or anything. They already, you know, dug their grave. But just this, you know, the young people that are like, I've been doing this for two years. I can open a restaurant. I have uh-huh. a trust fund. I'm going to... Did you hear the story about the um, restaurant Squirrel in L.A.? No. Where she was what doing, happened? she was doing these like jams and preserves. Oh yeah, I did and hear they about were this. so full of mold, people were getting sick and stuff. I did hear about this, yeah. Which was like, is that something that you see that is like for all these people? Like, I deserve this in two years, three. Where you're seeing like crazy shit like that. Well, I don't know that whole story. It's wild. Is it? It is wild. The people that were working there were instructed to scrape the mold off of the top of the jam. Like, they, it wasn't cooked and stored the way that it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's tough. And people were getting really sick. Customers. Yes. Uh, it was wild. Yeah, I mean, uh, food safety is pretty important. You get a lot of people sick really yeah. fast. Um, so I don't I don't know if she was rushing it or what the it deal was. It was just a lack of experience, really. Oh, is that and what it like, was? My way works. I know. Yeah, I mean, you can't mess around with food Mm-mm. and chemistry. Mm-mm. Like, there's some pretty dangerous stuff. That some hard happen. and fast rules when it comes to salmonella, bacteria, and botulism. Yeah, we put botulism in our face now. Yes, right? yeah. So. I don't. I will <laughs> I never. How right. dare you imply? <laughs> um, and what do you do when you do you take vacations? Are you can you ever take time off? So right before the pandemic, I felt like I was actually getting pretty good at it. You know, I'm like, hey, relaxing. Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't horrific. Um, and then that whole thing changed. Mm-hmm. You know, the the last two years, I probably worked harder than I had prior. The last three years oh, during the pandemic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you, because after you were shut down, you mean, or once it came back? So we pivoted right away when Chicago shut down. Two days later, we were back up and running with curbside pickup. Wow. So never in my life. People are just walking down the street with balloons. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. But it, you know, it was, uh, I would have never thought that I'd put a linea food in a brown paper bag. And hand it to somebody. And not have the brown paper bag be edible. Yeah, right. (laughs) But it it was wild. Yeah. And now that we're able to travel, I I hope to pick up some vacations. Like, where would you go on vacation? Well, now I feel like we've been deprived, right? So I want to go everywhere. I even want to go to places that I've already been because I miss them so much. So, well, and now there's this craziness going on in Europe. So I don't know how soon I'll be able to get back there, but... I would love to go to Paris. I haven't been to Paris in 10 years. You go to Paris. What is your first meal when you go to Paris? My first meal? If you're like, where does where do you go? Well, here's the other thing. I don't even know what's open in Paris now. Right, right, right. right. You know? Um, so my first meal would probably be room service. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, I, I would really love to go uh, 
to Europe. I would, I would love to go back to Japan. I love Japan. Oh my god, it's so, so incredible! Cool. It's so incredible. Like yeah. the uh, Year of of Sushi is one of my favorite. Like uh-huh. I just watch that. It's just. I mean, watching that documentary and watching the the making the sushi and just the like is so uh, I don't know my OCD the brain. The discipline, you know, the tradition, the repetition, mm-hmm. like that they have to do is to be able to have the discipline to do that every day mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Right. The meal that I had in Japan. So I have a a, a friend that's a chef, and he's like, "I'm going to take you everywhere. I'm going to show you Tokyo." And on the last night, we went into this restaurant, and it was a pork restaurant. And I'm like, fine, I like pig. Like, cool, mm-hmm. we'll have some barbecue or whatever. Oh. Everything was raw. Oh, okay? nope. But nah. not only was it raw, no. but the meal was several forces long. That started out with the most approachable, which was like raw pork chop. And it works this all the way all the way down. The very last course, pig vagina. <gasps> Brains, eyes, liver, heart, all raw. And at the very end they put that down and it was like the delicacy. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. And he you know, he's calling me names and telling me I was a chicken. Did he call you a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did, actually. <laughs> I, he did. like, I'm, sh- you know, it's tricky because in, you know, I went to Vietnam, went to Tokyo. I really struggle when I see on the menu, you know, or in dr- dog or shark, yeah, you know, right. that's really rough for Whale. me. Yeah. Whale, like that breaks my heart. I had to leave Vietnam early because I just was like, Is that was, right? I would go by, yeah, you'd see dogs in cages outside. It's not everyone, the yep. place that I was, you know, um, and it was just really hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I know that, you know, they look at us and are disgusted by a lot of our customs. Yep. Like they're ho- mortified and horrified by the fact that we put old people in nursing homes. Yep. Like they think that's disgusting, you know? Sure. So I always try to just go like, I'm sure there's things that we do that to them seem horrible. But I just, I that's something that, what do they look at with us and go, well, they eat that thing we would never eat. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> or like they look at us <laughs> and they're like, oh, those people are just fine getting C pluses. Yeah. yeah you right. know what I mean? Like they, they're disgusted by this stuff. This is how you line up in an airport? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, totally. Like they, exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, so I always try to just go, what do we do that they find completely? Probably a lot. I wonder what it's like being a chef over there. Have you been in a kitchen over there and seen? Yeah. Yeah. And again, kind of like zero, right? They practice for 10 years before they can even touch a piece of fish, right? So there is a lot of that, that hierarchy that- There's no shortcuts and we're not trying to make any and, and we you don't, you don't challenge the elder, right? If you're in the airport, hmm? you're in the food court, what yeah. are you getting? In, anywhere? Anywhere. Here? It depends what airport. O'Hare. I'm definitely going to uh, Rick Bayless's Frontera. Okay. The Tortas and the everything Air- there are really good. Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> you I got an I've Auntie Anne's pretzel, a Cinnabon, in or a Sabaro. In that case, I'm probably going to Burger King or McDonald's, yeah. honestly. I was going to say, just as, as you sometimes like, I've I've found like I'm like sometimes when it comes to pizza nothing's better than a day old Domino's that's right. just micro microwaved and just like 
I grew up on Little Caesars, so. Where do you find, like, like, you know, to me, like, you know, in L.A., we've got, um, what's the fancy Chinese restaurant? Jinjin? Nope. That's hilarious, though. Jinjin. What's the one, the fancy, can you just Mr. Chow? Mr. Chow. Yeah. Okay. It's obviously incredible. I, I mean, as someone, I didn't grow up going to fancy restaurants and stuff, you know. We did like Cheesecake Factory was our big Christmas, uh, that, you know, yep. whatever. And, and you know, going to that, I kind of was like, you know what? I almost would prefer to just go down to, P. you know, Chinatown P. P. and yeah. get, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> are there any foods where you're like, this just needs to stay kind of, uh, like, that's the best version of this. If you're going to go get pizza, are you going to go to like the, fa- are you going to go like, I want to go to this hole in the wall that's um, where this food does best. Uh, I am not. Sense. First of all, I don't like deep dish mm-hmm. pizza. Okay. I, I'm not a Chicago deep dish person at all. It's like that to me. It's it's because yeah, I remember like going to pizza growing up. It was like the the deep dish pizza. It just means less cheese for everyone. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah. fuck with <laughs> right. a, che- a cheese filled crust. Right, like that was a good call. Okay. That was the molecular gastronomy yeah. that I fucked with yeah, when I was they, little. They, yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's just, it's too much bread. I want no, more I cheese like, and I cheese. I like pizza. Like, when I'm in New York, I go to Prince Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? What kind of pizza? What's your pizza? I Honestly, just pepperoni. Mm-hmm. That's it. Simple. Yeah. Um. What else, Uh. like, like, what's your nightmare? You know, like, what's your, for me, for example, it's something that a lot of people wouldn't think of, but if I go out on stage and someone in the second row has on a giant cowboy hat, okay. I know that's something that no one else would think is a problem, but it's like, it's all I'm thinking about now. Everyone behind you is just looking at a cowboy hat. It's distracting. It's not, and you have to say something and deal with it. Yeah. It's a, it's something that only if you've been doing it for a long time, you know, is a problem you have to solve and it's going to affect the quality of the show, but no one would really know why the quality of a show is being affected. Huh. Little things that corrode the experience that only you would be able to kind of know, but other people would be like. It's just take some of the magic out, but only you could really identify it. Does that make yeah, any sense? Yeah, man. Someone's phone going off. Someone, you know, uh, someone talking on their phone during a thing. Like, what are the things that well, annoy I mean, you? The obvious and the absolute worst is if I can see somebody not enjoying their meal. Mm-hmm. Because what that does is it makes me act different in the dining room. Like, we go out to the dining room all the time and do the dessert on the table, mm-hmm. right? And if I happen to go out there and I see someone, like, making a face or whatever, it, 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 then I don't want to talk to anyone. It's For me, if I'm performing for 3,000 people, if someone in the second row yeah. is kind of just like, who knows, Bored. maybe they had yeah. a bad day or they're not. It's all I can think about. Uh, that's it. And then I have to stop and go, like, oh, so everyone else that's laughing, they're wrong, but you're right. Yeah. Like they're they don't like right. all I can think about. I know, it drives me nuts. That like perfectionism. But that's also why you're you, because yeah. of that right. perfectionism. But that one person shouldn't be able to drain that confidence out of you like that. Right? But at the same time, like it's the it's part of the reason I think that that you probably, you know, you are where you are because you were your t- attention to detail yeah. and one thing being the tiniest bit off made you so fucking 
frustrated that you had to get it perfect next time, you know? Yeah, I remember food critics, right? Any, any sort of journalism that was, uh, you know, critique. Oh, man. Opening night of Alenia, we had the food critic for the New York Times come in. And at that point, 2005, they never went outside of New York. Also, isn't there something with food critics where restaurants never know when they're going to come? Uh, we, well, we didn't know he was coming, but we knew as soon as he sat down. Okay. And he wrote a kind of shitty review. And that that was tough. Because then you're like, no, this is not what he's talking about. Or I know that was right. Or, so one of my favorite uh, quotes... So many quotes are attributed to Oscar Wilde, and there's no way this motherfucker did all these quotes. But <laughs> he said, critics are people that go to the battle site where the war was fought, and they shoot the survivors. Uh, I just kind of love that, because it's like I a like And I have this in TV, when people get you know bad reviews from critics, it's like, I don't believe that you should be able to be a critic of television or movies until you've made TV or movies. You know how hard it is. You know what you're looking 100%. at. 100%. Who you have to have run a restaurant, and now you can be a food critic, right? I suppose that's it drives how I, me nuts. Yeah, but they're supposed to be the voice of their readership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in theory, if you're the food critic for the New York Times, you're supposed to talk about the experience as somebody that reads the New York Times food section, right? But also, critics they can't give great reviews. Every week or people, they have to go like, I gave a lot of good ones. Now mm -hmm. I have to get, you know, so well, that now, people don't yeah. think I'm playing favorites or just. Now I feel like it's, it's more prevalent to hand out really harsh reviews. Yes. I feel well, because like, it's the only way that they're relevant because now with Twitter and Yelp, like, yep. I'd rather hear from just the people. Yeah. Right. That ate there. A hundred percent. You know, yeah. I'm not comparing this to, you know, I don't, to 900 other restaurants I've reviewed. I just want to know what. Yeah. And all the people in the industry now that I talk to, um, after the survival mode of the pandemic, all of the accolades now, mm -hmm. nobody really seems to care. Right. And I wonder what that's going to do. I think for me, I'm learning, at least in my field, the thing that matters the most now is I feel we're back to word of mouth. Yeah. You know, people yeah. have lost trust in the media, lost yep. trust in people trying to sell them too hard on stuff. Right. So if I if 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 I'm going to go to the movies this weekend, you know, if I've seen 50 billboards for a movie or you know, it's trending on Twitter, I'm just going, why are they spending so much money on promotion? Yeah. This also almost feels fishy. It got right. amazing reviews. You got to go see it. If Emily says I saw this, it was great. I'll go see it. Yeah, see the it. person that you trust's opinion to me, the word yeah. of mouth matters so much more yeah, than all of the press and stuff. And the same with critics. I think that it's you know so hard for anyone to give a shit with some like rich white out of touch guy that didn't even yeah. pay the fucking bill at the end. I don't care right. what you think. <laughs> right, right. I want to know what like. Uh, but you look at Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten to yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'll see the right. score, but that's like yeah. You know, that's something you sort of go to. But for me, yeah, someone I trust's opinion is way more valuable to me than critics. Yeah. And critics, to get any attention or clicks now, they have to be negative and shitty. That, I think that's it. It's really exciting when people want to complain about social media or complain. It's like, it's been a fucking miracle because, you know, movies, TV, restaurants are now not their success or how they're perceived is not rest or in the hands of some fucking idiot that couldn't do what we do 
Right. So now you're going to go be a judge of what we do. Right. Because you couldn't do what we do. You didn't put in the hours. And now you're just going to sit back and be a judge. Now it's like with, you know, Instagram. I mean, you go to the Alinea hashtag thing. And it's like all these incredible. People are going to do that. Yeah. Before they're going to read some review of some fucking. Right. That drives me nuts. I know. It drives me insane. Because they're coming in to to look for problems. They already knew. You already knew. Yeah, you probably already wrote the article. And this is a <laughs> this is a magical experience. Like yeah. this is a, you know, coming in to he's come he's going to work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Going and then I think the try we're the perfectionists, the people that want to make magical experience. We're the tryhards. Yeah. You know, and he's probably like, you know who I like. <laughs> some, you know what I mean? Someone that's not trying so hard. Like, you right. know, I don't know. That just drives me nuts because I always want to put on a great show. I want like, you know, to give people the best night of their life. And I and I give a lot. But sometimes if you give a lot, they're like, you get punished for being the straight A student. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And you have to buy in too. You know? Yeah. How, can a, how can somebody like that walk into that experience and genuinely want to be moved. Right. Do they want to hear the story? Yeah. You know, yeah, you can pick apart the technicalities, right? Right. Oh, this wasn't hot enough or this or that, but it's not really even about that. I feel sorry for that person because it's like, it's you've taken away the ability, the impish joy of being able to like experience something magical because you're just reducing it to like, I have to write a thing. And, you know, a friend of mine who's a showrunner pointed out to me because I'm seeing a lot of TV shows unfairly get dragged for being like, this is re-embedding stereotype, like just woke bullshit mm. where he pointed out to me like, they can't like everything mm-hmm. or else it looks like they aren't critics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they have to assert their opinion. Yeah. yeah. Right? They have to like have some kind of, yep. to either keep people coming back, the haters coming back, or so it doesn't seem like they just like everything but um that drives me nuts but it seems like that article really did hurt your career (laughs) yeah it was devastating no but i mean but it didn't (laughs) affect your success in any way i mean you know but it's the kind of thing where it's like you just hurt my feelings dude i hope you're happy yeah and my business partner was like this is amazing we got the front page of the food section in the new york times you know, there's no bad press. And I'm like, no, this is bad press. He's like, no, nah, nobody cares. No, they'll, that is look, true. they'll look at the photos, they'll read a little mm-hmm. bit, they'll forget the bad stuff, and they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, it it's was. like, how long does it take to get into a linear? Three months? Yeah. And then, so neck, oh, so the um, uh, aviary, yep. right? That's yep. just cocktails, right? Yep. That's what made you go, like, I want to get in, do is cocktails. There, I felt like at the time there was no progressive mentality in cocktails yeah. there were still you know pre prohibition cocktails yeah and i was like alcoholics hey. don't need smoke coming off their yeah drink. right they're just like get it but in my they do. <laughs> yeah. um so yeah that was really it we, we were like hey we have all this ip we have all this stuff that we created with food yeah that we can apply to cocktails do you drink no really no and so do are you ever like uh so do you just defer to someone and go like well i mean for sure, we'll come up with the drink, but yeah. I don't imbibe. Taking another break from Grant. 
Uh, there's a podcast called Life is Short. If you guys like this podcast, I think you will love Justin Long's podcast called Life is Short. He chats with celebrities, actors, musicians, artists, and more about how they get the most out of their life. Like, how do we make the most out of our time here on Earth? How do we bring meaning to our life's work? And what is the best emoji to use when texting? Obviously, the eggplant. But these are the important questions that will be asked on this weekly interview podcast. Listen to the Life is Short with Justin Long podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen one week early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. That's smart and frugal. And now we are back to Grant. You got so successful so young. Mm. And I think that when someone becomes successful really young but also has done the work, there's an opportunity to change dysfunctional systems just because you're uh, coming in with fresh eyes. Are there any things where you were just like, we should do this this way? Or, you know, like... I, you know, I think the big one was uh, the reservation system that my business partner developed. I mean, who would have thought that you would prepay? Oh, wow. For food, for dinner. Like, it was unthinkable. Like, what if, people were like, well, what if the, what if the meal's no good? I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? So that is something, it, it was the idea of prepaying, it takes away the magic at the end when the bill comes and someone has to like think about well, money there was at the definitely end. that, but the way that he told me about it, he was like, look, we're leaving money on the table. Like, banana. Nobody, mm -hmm. nobody buys a Springsteen concert ticket and their favorite's sick or their babysitter canceled. Yeah. And they don't, try to get a refund from Ticketmaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is it any different? Interesting. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. So that was sort of revelatory. That is fascinating, which, by the way, you know who wanted to come by but couldn't because his daughter has um, her first school play as Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, yeah. Was going to come by and say hi. And uh, it made me think of this joke he used to have of how when you're on a date and you get the bill at the end— and it just ruins the it whole ruins night. It, right. it ruins the whole night. Right. Because you're looking at that, and it's like, who ordered the salmon? And what the That's the last thing you remember, right? Yes. So that was pretty, that was pretty industry disrupting, mm -hmm. I would say. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's the same thing with, we were just talking about a hotel we both like to stay at. It's all, it's already paid for. Yeah. And everything in the mini bar, you've already paid for. Yep. So you're not going, how much is this? Should I have it? Should yep. I, I don't know. How, you know? Right. And it's just like, everything in here, I'm allowed to drink. I've already paid for it. Right. I'm not being nickeled and dimed. Yep. Yep. I mean, you are, but. In the but, but at least I know. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to check out at the end and go, what the fuck? Yeah, the water yeah. was $8? Right. And then it ruins, undermines the entire trip. Absolutely. Just fuck me up front. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I know what's going on. Um, so you don't do a lot of podcasts. No. You're very mysterious enigma. Why not? Are you, because in a time where, you know, chefs are now like, People can't get enough of chefs. Yeah, <laughs> like right? chef TV shows, cooking shows are the yep. biggest thing. Yep. Like, are you kind of like, okay, I didn't sign up to be forward-facing person that talks a lot. Is it something that comes naturally to you? Is it something that makes you feel uncomfortable? Not uncomfortable. I just feel like I have a hard time. Uh, I was. I feel like I have nothing interesting to say. That's hilarious. I do. I don't know. It's strange. <laughs> like everyone wants to come shoot, whether it's like you know all these chef shows on Netflix and yeah. all these shows that you've been on. Like so, like the the chef's table one, the documentary. Um, I Huge. became 
good friends with the director, and that was like really well done. They were they were in the restaurant for fourteen days straight, and um, that sort of stuff I enjoy. I like being able to tell the story. I don't like sensationalizing. Mm-hmm. So like, a lot of the cooking shows are very scripted, and you just lose control. Mm-hmm. You don't have control, mm-hmm. and I just I don't find that very genuine. Podcasts, I just I don't know. I've only done maybe three. Mm-hmm. I just, nobody asked me. Well, it is, you're very intimidating. The only reason I asked you is because we worked together. Yeah. 50, and I remember being in a car with you and you being yeah. so lovely and excited. I mean, chefs scare the shit out of me, <laughs> especially the big ones. They're, ter- the they're terrifying, one. yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's like when people say to me, like, comedy is like, that's so hard. And they're, I'm like, you know, what you do is what. Mm-hmm. I really am like I could never fucking do that. Like I am so blown away with your your ability to make these. There, it's just it's so emotional. Like taste yeah. is so emotional. Like it's it's performance plus science plus math. Like nostalgia, you know, nostalgia, like, you know, instinct going. This needs to go out right now. Yeah. And this has you know it's it's the same you know in comedy jokes have expiration dates you uh-huh. know of like okay that Charlie Sheen reference like that's not gonna hit anymore or uh-huh. you're doing a joke that's like and the Russians it's like a joke that was funny about Russia two weeks ago mm. it's a different joke now yeah so you have to understand what's going on in the zeitgeist in the context a joke that got a huge laugh a week ago might get a ooh uh-huh. today based on what happened in the news you know so that's something that I I have the instincts to know how to deal with but you know. You just, I'm just obsessed with with skills that are impossible to build unless you've just put in the fucking time. Yeah, but also, do you find yourself, for me, if I have cooked a dish that I know works every time, hot potato, hot potato. Yep. At some point, I'm just like, I don't find any satisfaction from doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I just take it off the menu. Yep. I assume it's the same with you. For me, it's tricky because, like musicians, the the audience wants to hear the hits. So I we Madonna, about this. we're going to Madonna. I want to hear "Like a Virgin." She's probably sick of playing oh my that God. song. Can you imagine? Nope. Right, and and so like my business partner would say to me, "Just do the hot potato, hot potato," and I'm like, "Nah," and he's like. Rolling Stones, you go to a concert, you hear Let It Bleed, that's uh-huh. just the way it is. They've been sitting it for 50 years. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to do it anymore. I can't get it you up know? for this thing, you know? Yeah. And for me, yes, that's, you know, as a comedian, I know that a joke that is a, a joke uh-huh. that works every fucking every time. time, if I do it, but I'm not feeling it or I'm bored of it or I don't think it's funny anymore, it's it not going to... Yeah. It's not going to hit the same way. Sometimes yeah. a new joke that's not even well-crafted or, f- to me, perfect yet, like well-constructed, is going to kill because I think it's so funny. I believe that so much because it's the same way in the restaurant. If we put a new dish on that we're all like, super excited about, like we were saying, the opening night, yeah. it's not the first time you serve it, mm-hmm. never the best time. Yeah. Right? It'll always get better. But that palpable energy... Like when the server puts it down, describes it, and you know, if I happen to be out in the dining room, mm-hmm. you know, doing something, and the electricity, they feel it. oh yeah, they feel sure. it, yeah, and 100%. You know, and it's tricky. Like, when do you 
Like, when do the Eagles go, you know, we're not playing Hotel Cal. I know you love it. Yeah. But we also have to, you know, and to me, I realized, okay, I worked for you guys. Yeah. You know, give like. people what they want. I'm going to give you what you want. <laughs> but then also there's like, in my last special, I even said, I was doing this joke that it killed 50% of the time. Uh-huh. Sometimes it was hilarious. And I was like, you know, this one's for me. Yeah. yeah. It makes me laugh. So yeah. I'm going to leave it in. You know, because it's just I if, do that. I do that. If I what's what's something that you're like this kills fifty percent of the time, or this is like polarizing. Um, I I did a dish uh, when I couldn't taste. That was a lozenge that had all of the five senses on the palate represented, and it was that's mo- like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the meal. Yeah, and the it, gum. Was, it was exactly like that, and. People didn't like it, but I liked it because I couldn't taste. And I was like, "Here, you want you want taste? This is taste. This is the five things that you can perceive. Here it is." And the fact that it wasn't delicious, I found funny. Do you believe in the clearing the palate thing between? Is that a thing? It is a thing. The sorbet or whatever sherbets. What's it that? Like? I don't know. Just have a look. Imagine Grant comes on. I'm like, what's the difference between sorbet and sorbet? Yeah. Sherbert. <laughs> Sherbert right. Let's get down to the, right. the real Let's things about dividing ice cream. America today. Right. <laughs> um, just have a sip of water. In between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. And, you know, have some diet coke. That it's is, got a lot of acid in it, right? So, so do you believe in the whole like pairing wine with a thing? <laughs> I, I believe, I believe that there are certain things that will absolutely flash, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily believe in it being so nuanced that this is the perfect beverage to go with this dish. Yeah. There's just simple stuff. You don't want to have a dessert wine with spaghetti and bolognese. What is it? Yeah, spaghetti. Spaghetti and bolognese. You know. Delicious. But if you really like sweet wine mm-hmm. and you want to sit there with a glass of port yeah. while you're having your spaghetti, mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Getting shamed for pairing the wrong drink with everyone's like, I think so. I, such white trash because I'm just like, can I get a red wine yeah. and a, some fish? They're like, what? Yeah, there's like, nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. What are some like uh, uh, things that annoy you in the culinary world that are like, you know, like as a comedian, it's like, you know, look, I'm so happy for everyone that's getting successful at 20 on TikTok. Good for <laughs> you. Like, you'll find out soon enough that performing on stage for an hour uh-huh. is a very different skill. Anything that you're just like, oh, this thing of the avocado toast fucking thing. Or the, <laughs> everyone's making, feeding. Half the people I know are like, I got to get home. Uh, I got to go feed my starter. And you're like, why are, why is everyone making, why does everyone need to be Mormon all of a sudden? Right. Why, you know, after the pandemic, you know, is there anything that you're just like, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about that? Or, well, the TikTok recipes I find very interesting mm. oh. because they're largely false. I, there was one the other day, uh, a friend of mine sent me a link to this TikTok where he was like, this is going to blow your mind. It's a new way to cook bacon. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. 
Send it to me. <laughs> By the way, send the cooking bacon thing to your friend at the raw pork restaurant. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So they put the water in the pan, then they put the bacon in, and then you put it down until the water evaporates, and it's supposed to make perfect bacon. And I'm like, I didn't even, obviously, I didn't do it. Because I'm like, that doesn't work. Yeah. The water pulls out all the salt, all the smoke. You're just left with pork. doesn't taste like bacon. Well, I mean, you know, I'm yeah. just, all of that stuff, like, TikTok is probably not the most trusted source of Are you on there? I, I am not. You've, I have an account, but I've never posted on there. I mean, you could be doing the real, real on there. You think? Yeah. I was going to do on TikTok, because it took me a long time to figure out, like, I'm not going to do dancing. Uh -huh. I'm not no transitions. I'm not doing lazy <laughs> cheerleading. Like, I'm not. How do I do this without embarrassing myself? Because uh -huh. this is obviously a platform that matters. Yeah. And, like, yep. you know, um... And I'm basically just doing like the life hacks that I've learned. And one of them actually is cooking related. Okay. Or not, it just, I learned from my aunts in Virginia to cut a cake. The easiest way to cut a cake is use dental floss. Okay. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> Little things like that yeah, that are smart. just like things that I learned. I actually learned something off of TikTok from Samantha, where if you're cutting cherry tomatoes in half, mm -hmm. you put a plate down. Put your cherry tomatoes on there, stack another plate on top, and then take the knife and go through it that way. <gasps> That's genius. My mind was blown. Mind blowing. Yeah. I was like, how did you Wait, learn this? Wait, this is her girlfriend. How, your girlfriend. How did you know this? Huh? How did you? she learn that? TikTok. <gasps> Hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, how, you just blew my mind. How did you learn that? She goes, oh, I saw it on TikTok the other day. Because like, sometimes it's like, you're so good at being trained to cut little tiny yeah. cherry tomatoes. No one would ever present that, that solution to you. They yeah, don't teach that was, in culinary school. She was, how do you cut cherry tomatoes? I'm like, one at a time. Yep. <laughs> that is so fun. I know. She's with like, apples, moron. <laughs> my boyfriend recently, he makes like pies a lot. Okay. And he has a little device. I just didn't know about it. That's I'm like cutting apples for the pie. And he just pulls out a thing that's like a circle that just you, I don't know. It's like a shark tank device yeah, yeah, or some yeah. shit where you just they, cut them all at once. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. pff, blew my mind. Dental floss. Little things like that. Yeah, cut dental floss because, you know, Perfect. the average person cutting a cake, it's like a fucking mess yeah, and nightmare. it ruins the cake, yeah. and, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So just dental floss. Good hack. Cuts like that. it. That's one. I grew up, let me ask you like, you know, like, southern food like i sort of the only food i know how to cook and make is like southern food that is probably your nightmare like shepherd's pie chip beef gravy sausage gravy okay shit that was made basically to put in the fridge and eat for the rest of the week or that was just like shepherd's pie i believe was just like we have a bunch of leftovers yeah. let's make a fucking thing out of it yeah. uh, we have chip beef on the menu right now Amazing. Way, yeah Amazing. Because I think people tend to like dismiss Southern cuisine yeah. a little bit. I don't like Oprah. Okay. Not an Oprah fan. I, okay. How dare you? My, <laughs> okay. So my mother is from a place called Sherman, Texas. Okay. I used to, so fried okra was the main food. I was responsible for cutting the okra. Okay. And when you cut okra, as you know, oh, yeah. this gelatinous, yeah, viscous, yeah. clear semen yep. snot yep. comes out. Yep. It's disgusting, but I guess when it's fried with some ketchup, yeah, it might as well it. be anything. I yeah, guess. yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah, is it the preparing or just the flavor I of like it? The sliminess. See, you know that mucusy. Yeah, it is. I guess because I grew up on it, 
And yeah. it was like the main thing we ate in so Texas. So when we first dinner, we'll have Oprah with Sue Urson. Yes, like <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll do like a double yeah. dare thing yeah. of like, I'll you eat okra, I'll have Sue Urson. <laughs> let's do this. Um, but uh, that's fascinating to me. Like my version of that is honeydew. You like honeydew? I don't get it. I don't see the point. If it's not cantaloupe or watermelon, like honeydew well, to me is the most trash fruit. It ruins. It, is trash. it ruins everything because you can never find a ripe one. If you had a really like, if you grew it in your backyard, it's and it was sweet and nice. And yeah, my yeah. grandmother in Texas had a cantaloupe farm. So when you grow oh, up shit. eating delicious cantaloupe, right? And, yeah, yeah like you eat ripe. honeydew, and you're like, this is just garbage trash. Cardboard. Yeah, it tastes like cardboard. It yeah. just, it's just like, it tastes like weird, like, like strippers perfume. You're just like, <laughs> what is it? It's like the filler yeah. fruit. And it and ruins the fruit it. salad. The it, fruit sal- it just ruins all of it. Yeah. It taints the whole thing. The pineapple, cantaloupe, the cherries. Yeah. I don't need this bridge and tunnel ass no. honeydew fucking up <laughs> my food, you know? But I, I love, uh, I love like the nitty gritty of stuff like that. Um, and so what, I'm just curious, like, what are your like biggest indulgences? Like with food, like things that you love where you're like, you know, that you'll be like, I want to create this. Like create I, or sorry, create like that. You're like, for example, like, um, I happen to love, um, like saffron, like okay. any kind of like, like when I go to Arizona, uh, and it, they have these like popsicle stands uh-huh. that are, you know, uh, Mexican icy popsicles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is it called? Paleta. Paleta. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah. And it'll be like, like cinnamon lime. Like yep. it'll be some crazy fucking combination sure. where you're like uh, lavender saffron. And yep. you're like, there's no way this will taste good. And you're like, right. this combination is weirdly incredible. Uh-huh. Like I, this is going to sound crazy. When I first uh, moved to LA, I didn't have any money and I had like $7 in my bank account and I was in debt and I used to go to a place called Pink Dot, which is a convenience store. I used to get turkey jerky Okay. and I would cover it in maple syrup. And it was like, to me, the most amazing combination. That made, see, that makes sense Growing up, my dad used to make peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. Okay. Sounds insane, but and then when um, he made um, scrambled eggs, he would put cream cheese instead of regular cheese. Oh okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm used to like I love a wild. Are there any like wild combinations? You're like, trust me. Oh, there's some wild combinations that we've done. Yeah. Um, let's see, mango and bonito was a weird one. Mm-hmm. You know, sweet and fishy. And do you thing. find it first, or do you just stumble on it, or are you like? Do you have like days where like I'm just gonna combine a bunch of stuff and see what happens? No, so it, a lot of it is academic where you're like, okay, the salt will balance with the sweet, and oh, you know, wow. so it, it's like pieces of the puzzle. They're like science background. Yeah, but um, sometimes it's by smell, mm-hmm. which is weird. That is very weird. Yeah, like, you're like cho- chocolate and soy sauce. Mm. Yeah, very good together. Fascinating. Yeah. How- licorice. So I, I happen to love licorice too. And there's a, a sap that comes from an evergreen tree and primarily in, in Greece or mm-hmm. like the Mediterranean called mastic. Mastic. And it is also used to, it's very sticky, obviously, it's a sap. So they use it over there to like put shingles on roofs as well. And it has a very anise licorice flavor. And I would, when I first tried it, I loved it. 
And I would put it in a lot of dishes. This is back in like 2006. Mastic, high-grade construction adhesive. Yeah, commonly that. used to bond <laughs> ceiling wall and floor tiles. Yeah, that's it. Plywood panels, <laughs> concrete asphalt, yeah. leather, and fabric. Yeah. So, so. I, I, <laughs> I used a lot of that. And... Uh, <laughs> People, people didn't love it. Amazing. <laughs> it has a very strong first flavor. And how important is smell and how good something tastes? Oh, it's huge. It's everything, right? Yeah. So back to that lozenge, there's like five things that your palate can perceive. Mm -hmm. But the human nose can smell, I think it's like 900 smells. So you talked about wine, right? When you pick up a glass of red wine, you swirl it, you smell it, and you're like, if you're a, a wine nerd, right, you're like, oh, I smell black cherry and fig and coffee bean. Mm -hmm. and what's in there? Yeah. Grapes. Grapes. Just grapes. It's all grapes. There's no coffee in there. No, it's a there. leafy, autism. Like, when people talk about wine, I'm just like... So it's got a it's got an earthy. I'm like, what does that mean? What does earthy even mean? I have a hard yeah. time even having vocabulary to even understand. And I'm so, always like, you guys are so full of shit. Yeah. So if you do have some wine, and you may say, oh yeah, this tastes like cherries. I'm like, it's just good. It's good. Yeah, that's it's fine delicious. Too. That's yeah. all I know. But that's coming from smell. Because it's just grapes, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess there's also a, you know. For me, when it comes to like tasting food and wine and stuff, I'm so desperate to be able to have the vernacular to yeah. talk about it. To be, really? Do you? I, 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 it's like to me, you know, the guy that I'm dating is like he, he, you know, is you know, we started dating a couple of years ago, but he's introduced to me this uh, joy of eating that I never have. I work at night. I don't uh -huh. get to go to yeah, restaurants yeah. and enjoy sort of culinary arts. Like I'm like eating a half-frozen Hot Pocket yeah. in the car and eating a Nutri-Grain, deep-throating right. a Nutri-Grain bar on the way to the airport. Like, it was just that, and as someone that, you know, I, I this is no secret or anything, but in my, you know, teens and most of my 20s struggled with eating disorders mm. and had a very sort of um, acrimonious relationship with food. Yeah, you know, yep. and yep. so now I'm sort of at a point where I'm like so comfortable with it. I want to try everything. I want to make up for the time I lost yeah. in terms of the joy of food. Sure. And some of the best moments of my life growing up were being with my aunts that are Southern that would, you know, cooking and making Southern cuisine and just sort of, it's just so healing. I mean, food is just the most healing thing to yeah. cook with people, to go to a restaurant and be able to like, you know, enjoy all these senses and i think that when i lost my sense of taste uh -huh. during covid it really made me go like holy shit like this is a an art and a therapeutic um uh experience that i've not capitalized on yeah you know yeah i, I didn't really start appreciating it especially after having eating disorders and stuff which i was like i just want foods as fat free i was starving myself the idea of amazing food, it was like all I would see is like fat, calories, whatever. Right. And now I'm trying to make up for lost time. And my boyfriend is like such a food experience person. Uh -huh. And so I'm kind of catching up on all this. Let me give you a hint, a little tip about wine, talking about wine. So if it's a red wine, anything that is dark in color uh -huh. and with fruit, you have to cut it open. So if it's a red apple, you cut it up and it's white. That goes to the white line. Anything that's dark, purple, red, that way, you can say, oh, this smells like figs. This smells like 
cherries. It smells like grapes. Mm-hmm. Anything that you're evaluating white wine, pineapple, grapefruit, lemon, all that stuff, just mix it up. That's so, I'm like, because I taste it, lychee. Nobody, yes. nobody's, nobody can ever say, no, you don't. Because you can yeah. always say, yes, I do. That's so That is what funny. I smell. Just make it up. You will shut it down. You will absolutely shut it down. That is so funny. I, anything. Because Any- all the wine stuff is so intimidating. It makes me feel stupid, but it's just it's just be full of shit. It's it tastes like shit. honeydew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honeydew. It tastes yeah. like a lychee acai berry. Honeydew. What are they going to say? I'm White wrong? wine, honeydew. Boom. That's so funny. And you, you know, ripe honeydew. Uh, not not underripe. Right. No, ripe. not like that. Right. You know, honeydew of age. Right. Of honeydew of legal age. Cut grass, not just grass. No, this is like Cut a grass. saffrony. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You can just, the more so, if you just say like nutmeg, you're good. Tastes like um, contaminated right. water. Tastes like mercury. Yeah. What is the over under on the fish thing. So a Uh-oh. friend of mine used to own a restaurant uh-huh. and told me something that may or may not be true, okay. which was like, he was, I was like, we were at a restaurant and I was like, oh my God, let's order like the Chilean sea bass. Yeah. He was like, it's all the same shit. Yep. It's, it's all <laughs> trash white fish and Chilean sea bass. That shit's made up. Like, ha- No, that's not true. Which is like, there was like, no, but he revealed that he was just a crook and that Sometimes they put trash fish in. Oh, that that may happen. Right. There was yeah. a New York Times article on how some restaurants lie about the fish yep. and mark it up like crazy. Sure. And I started sure. being like, oh, I thought like Chilean sea bass. This is Here's a great story in that regard. I know of a restaurant. This is a long time ago. You ever heard of the fish orange roughy? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I remember the owner of this restaurant that would take cod fillets, soak it in tomato juice, <gasps> and serve it as orange roughy. And I always thought, oh, he's trying to make it orange with the tomato juice. Come to find out, orange roughy isn't orange. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> but he thought he was pulling a fast one on everyone and he he wasn't. That is fascinating. So, what, you have an orange roughy story? Well, that was like a... Because <laughs> you went up, anything. you're like, orange roughy? Okay, we're gonna, we don't get her started. Because I'm going to get you just walk into a hornet's nest. Whoa, whoa, orange roughy killed my dad. No, I no, I think that was one of the ones in the article, in the oh, New York really? Times article about fish that are uh, often by, by charlatans. Your bullshit. I mean, yeah. to me, I think the average person would be like, they wouldn't if, you know. just, if you tell me it's orange roughy yeah. and I'm already invested in this experience, I'm gonna yeah, enjoy it. But it was yep. sort. Of, but is there a little bit of a, um, you know, concern about like the mercury and oceans and stuff? Do you like oh, yeah. follow up on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have to be aware. That's part of our responsibility as chefs, I mm-hmm. think. And you know, there's certain. Causes and, and organizations that we support to try to, you know, make the planet better. Um, I don't allow it to pay attention to it, but I don't, I prioritize creativity. Because here's the thing. For me, it's like when people are like, okay, don't eat a ton of fish. Eat fish once a week. I'm going, I don't want a linea next to not serve it. Yeah. I want to 
own, when I eat it, it's going to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It doesn't mean stop serving it if you're the best at serving it. It just means I'm going to save it and only right. have it when I'm with, right. you know. I, I hate to, well, I mean, yeah, I'll say there's a documentary. Was it called uh, Seaspiracy? Or? Yes. Yeah. What's and I haven't seen it yet, but I, while I was watching that, I was eating sushi. <gasps> Guess what? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that makes there, me feel so much better. Yeah. No, you're not. Okay. Um, yeah. That's um. It, was that intentional? I mean, no, you knew you were going to watch it. You knew. Yeah, but you, I didn't. I didn't quite know that they were going to tell you not to eat fish. It, really. well, I didn't know it was going to be that. Yeah, I didn't either. Bad. It's a documentary that highlights the damaging effects of fishing on the world's oceans. So, like, at the very, they go through it all, and at the very end, they're like, "So the best thing you can do is just not eat fish." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." So my thing is like, "Hey, how it's about, already here? How about we shut down like Long John Silver's and Red Lobster, <laughs> right, but right. we keep, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean yeah. everybody stop. It means sure. just the shitty ones stop. You're wasting it. I mean, it's like." Yeah. You know, the shitty ones, you right. know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's like the thing with like, in my field going, no one can make jokes about this. It's like, right. no, just the people that are doing it that in a mindless, cheap way. Yeah. The people that are the artists that are going to do something incisive and thoughtful, right? they can do it. Yep. But this like across the board thing is just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's right. What do you do? Do you have any like hobbies? Or are you just it? Are you just always? I don't have any hobbies, I, and I feel I'm embarrassed to say that. I, I find that some of the most high performing legendary people like you, it's just I wish I did. But any hobby I've ever taken on, I have to either turn it into a business, yeah, or I'll just start writing jokes about it and then going into my job yeah i don't even know what it would be if i if i had time i don't even know what it would be well i'm not i'm i don't know yeah you're not gonna go because it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like i I constantly struggle with going like okay if i want to be the best at what i do yeah as this overachiever perfectionist whenever i'm doing a hobby i'm kind of just either feeling like my inner monologue is like you're falling behind yep you know you're wasting your time and it doesn't. It's not relaxing because I'm like, well, now this is gonna mean I'm just gonna have so much more work tomorrow because I was trying to like relax, and then the whole time I'm kind of secretly just working on the other thing. Yeah, people don't. People will ask me all the time, like, how did you come up with that? Or you know, young culinary students will be like, how do we, you know, be like you someday? And the answer is really unsatisfying. Just work 24 hours a day. Practice. This is like everything else, right? Your social life's going to take a hit. Your family life's going to yeah. take a hit. I was just telling someone who is, you know, younger and wants to do what I do. And I was like, okay, but you're not going to be done at six every day. Right. You're going to miss your brother's wedding. Yeah. You're going to miss Christmas. Yeah. It's just that simple. I agree. Is there any blueprint? Like in our industry, it's really hard for someone when they say like, how do you get to do what you do? And you're uh -huh. just like, oh, it's different every time. Is there any blueprint for for where, I mean, obviously besides mass amount of skill and talent, but I mean, like, is there a certain school that you recommend for young chefs, a certain program? Like, is there a, I any blueprint? The most important thing is find a mentor. Yeah. Okay. You know? Like when you were at French Laundry. Yeah. Right. I, you know, school, sure. Yep. But you have to find somebody that you jive with. 
Got it. Yeah. And can I just ask you about just about that process? Because yeah. it's like it, everyone's like, yeah, I'd love to be mentored in French Laundry, right. but they choose only. What is that process like? Like, I know that the mentors I had, I had to tooth and nail, like mm-hmm. hound them. That's what I did. Wow. Email so, them, fight to get their attention. And then they went, oh, shit, you're going to make it with or without me. And you're fucking you have the moxie. Yeah. I'm just going to bring you on because you're not going to stop hounding me. <laughs> so in 1996, I put a handwritten letter in the mail, mm-hmm. the real mail, <laughs> yeah. um, every day for 14 days straight. Yep. And finally, Chef Keller called me. He goes, okay, here's the deal. You're either going to be really good or you're already fucking crazy. Yeah, you're a stalker that yeah. is like, yeah, going to murder me in my sleep. So he let me come out and I got the job. And then you had to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. And- but that's the other thing too is everyone's so caught up with Instagram and TikTok and TV that when I was in that kitchen, he was in that kitchen every day. First one in, last one out. And those are the opportunities that are pretty rare that you have to find. You can go work for a celebrity chef that has a TV show, never in his kitchen. So you're not going to learn from them. You know? You have to be in the right You're going to learn how to seek fame instead of seek respect. You're probably not going to learn that either because they're never there. You know? You have to find that young person that still has, again, something to prove. Yeah. They're still driven. They're still chasing it. And also going, like, to me, what you're, like, saying is, you know, the the older I get and the more, quote-unquote, successful I get, uh-huh. the harder I end up working. Because I think there's this thing in your head that's like, oh, once I get to that level, I've shot four specials, I'll be able to work yeah. two hours. It'll, it actually, again, you know, you have to be prepared if you want to be the greatest. I find myself working more and more because not only is the bar higher— but I have to work harder to keep myself interested so I don't get bored yeah. or, or plateau. Yep. And then you're dealing with all the curveballs of just new competition, new, fo- like, I'm like, I've mastered comedy and then TikTok comes along and I'm like, okay, now I have to relearn yeah. this new skill, <clears throat> yep. you know? So it's just, it, it, to me, I was listening to a podcast that you did and you're talking about what it takes and the work that it takes and the yeah. grit and the, that you still work six, seven days a week. Yep. And it's just like, you're, the idea of I'm going to work hard so one day I can just coast. My mom about it's crazy to me. A month ago said, Grant, why are you working so hard still? Like, and I go, I feel like I haven't done my best work yet. And she was like, What are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I have more to give, you know? Yeah. Me and I too. hope I do. Um, I'm like that too. I'm like the best know? is yet to come. Like yeah. unlike acting or a lot of jobs that are sort of around me, you know, as a comedian, I'm like, I mean, Rodney Dangerfield, all these, yeah. all these people, you start getting good in your forties. Uh-huh. That's when you're like, oh shit, like the best is yet to come, which is the best feeling ever. Yeah, she's like, you have all these accolades, and what do you have to prove? Who are you trying to prove it to? And I'm like, myself. You know, it's just, it's more about the chase, right? For me, it is, at least. What's your new, like, thing you're, like, 
Nothing yet because the pandemic put everything on pause. Sure. Yeah. So, Serving food to people that have lost their taste. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly. The new challenge. Here, here's a bag. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, you know, uh, I'm optimistic now that things are back to normal almost. What is your favorite cuisine? Gun to your head. If you're like, I went to an island I can only eat besides Alinea, like Mexican, Venezuelan. Uh, French, American. So I can't Thai. have a lot of spicy food because from, from the treatment. Okay. The radiation. So that sort of profiles like a lot of Thai, mm-hmm. Mexican. Um, I love pasta. Love. I love homemade pasta. What fascinates me is when you go to Italy and you think you have eaten a lot of Italian food in America and you go to Italy and you're like, this is totally this is i've never had italian food before yeah it's like the pasta is like the it's harder yeah it's there's it's not full of cream right it's just like olive oil and salt and yeah oh it's just about quality ingredients not a bunch of salt and shit yeah yeah and then so just i'm fascinated by that like if you five your five favorite restaurants i'm putting you on the spot in the yeah just in general yeah they still have to be open no no French Laundry, Vespertine, Obui in Spain. Okay. Closed. Um, This little farmhouse that I have no idea what it was called, but it was a a bike tour through Tuscany Mm. that I randomly got on, and we stopped off there, and this grandmother was putting a brick on top of a chicken. That was magical. Wow. This one. <laughs> uh, there's a restaurant in New York that um, serves Buddhist cuisine. So all vegan. I just appreciate what they can do with only vegetables. Pretty cool. That is fascinating. Yeah. When you go home tonight, what are you going to eat? Well, you're going to be at the hotel. Yeah. Well, actually, we're going over to a friend's house. So oh, nice. we'll see what they cook me. I love that so much. <laughs> All, all, all my friends know that I'm pretty relaxed when it comes to food. And then do you have like any sort of, I'm obsessed with just sort of like the kind of, you know, philosophy that someone lives by. Like it's my instinct to ask you like, you know, because as someone that has become so successful based on their instincts, you know, like you, again, you can't teach instincts. It's like, right. Do you have any sort of like, I always ask people about like red flags. Like uh-huh. when you meet someone and you're gonna decide whether you're gonna be friends with them or not, date oh, yeah. them, whatever it is. Like yep. what is a, a red flag for you in people? I feel like Especially I have as a, a famous person that people always want might want something from you. I whether this is good or not, um if a new if a person that's applying for a job walks in the back door of the restaurant. So we require everyone to do a two day tryout. So we look at their resume, we vet them that way, we invite them to come in and work for two days. So we can actually watch them cook, right? As soon as they walk in the back door, I'll evaluate them and say they're gonna make it or not. You can tell right away. Yeah. I'm like that with comedians. I know if someone's gonna make it or not yeah. based on- Is there the, any tell you can share like uh, that we would get? I mean, honestly, just the way they walk in, if they come in too confident, that's a problem. Okay. If they come in, too sheepish, right? 
That's a problem. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Uh, yeah, yeah, so if someone comes up to me in the hallway, a comedian who's just starting out, and goes, hey, if they're a little bit like, I know you're busy. I just, uh-huh. I'm a comedian. And I was just wondering if you had any advice for me. I always uh-huh. say, I don't need to give you the advice. The fact that you came up to me and asked uh-huh. means you're already going to make it. Uh-huh. Just keep working. Yep. Be yourself. Work harder than anyone. Uh-huh. But the fact sense. that you went, oh, I'm going to ask someone that knows more than me. Yeah. And you're not going, well, I know fucking everything. I don't need to ask right. anyone. That's a problem. I always say, you're, you're already going to make it. Yeah. You don't need to ask me anything. That's cool. Just keep working your ass off. Yeah. You know, I can tell the way they approach me. I can, but so 100%. I know what you mean. Yeah. There's just something that you can suss out right away. Which is not like overly confident and arrogant and entitled, but also not humble in a way that's not apologetic and cheapest to where you're not going to be able to stand up for yourself. All right. You know what I can't stand is when people ask you a question and you know they know the answer. Just but to seem like they're... They want to engage. They want to like, you know... They want to go like, look at me being I'm the smart. straight A student. Yeah. I'm so, asking. Yeah. Happens in the kitchen a lot. That's a huge thing. Huge. Where someone will ask you something just to go like, I'm I'm deferring to you and I'm... They want to have a dialogue or whatever. Yeah. I hate it. I tend to ignore those people. That's so fascinating. Yeah, I just... You just put your finger on something that I realized. Because I'm like, oh, and now I have to go through the performance of answering something, right. which you already know, just so that you... I know you know. Just so I <laughs> clock you yeah. and you... And you're... Because you, you need to, me to think that you're a straight-A student. Yeah. Or, conversely, if someone doesn't know something and they pretend they do. Uh-huh. So my thing is I will never oh, yeah. be mad at you if you don't know. But if you pretend you know and you jeopardize the team... Because then when someone does genuinely not know something and asks, then when you do know something, I can trust you. Yeah, that's an immediate termination in the kitchen. Is if somebody knowingly puts something out or tries that they know is wrong. Like if they try to cover it up. Because they don't want to look stupid yep. or like they don't know. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to get reprimanded. I'd rather <laughs> you just ask and admit you don't know. And they try to sneak it out. Immediate termination. Like, what would one of those things be? What's that? Like, what's an example of that? The uh, last I mean, time? I hate to use it again, but the hot potato for a potato. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, they slide in a hot pocket. They, <laughs> Too, everything's cold. They, they give you warm potato, warm potato. Yeah, they just throw it <laughs> in a tater tot. They yeah, it. It's a problem. And, you know, I'll occasionally, back in the day, I would walk over and feel the sphere on top. And if it wasn't, so hot that I couldn't touch it. And they knew sometimes it would just be room temperature. It was a big problem. There was a lot of warm potato, warm potato jokes. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I'm going to let you go, because okay. I know you have a... Di- <laughs> what is your favorite thing to make, even this day? Like, I have favorite jokes I love telling. Like, what's your favorite thing to make? For myself or someone else? Because there's a difference there, I feel like. For both, for yourself and then someone else. Yourself is cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, no, myself is probably an omelet. Mm-hmm. Um, I love eggs, and there's something about cooking an omelet that most people take for granted. To do an omelet really well is. Here's what I'll say: it might be the only thing I'm great at cooking. Yeah, and you know what drives me nuts? This egg white omelet thing. <laughs> If you're going to eat an egg white omelet, why eat an omelet? Right. Am I an asshole? No. What were you going to say 
to do it well, you have to what? Before. It just requires a lot of patience and, you know, skill. Mm -hmm. People rush it. The pan's not hot enough. Do you flip it? Uh, kind of. Yeah? I mean. How do you kind of flip it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit. I just have a, like, a little system where I can sort of jigger it and okay. get it perfectly over. It. But I, I tip the pan a little. Yeah, that's it. fine. That's it's sort of the only thing I know how to cook because yeah. if you fuck up, um, if you fuck up a fried egg enough times, you have to learn how to make an uh -huh. omelet well because uh -huh. it always just turns yeah, into an scrambled. omelet. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then for other people, I like making them birthday cakes. For other people. What's the number I, one? I refuse to ha celebrate my birthday. I don't really do it. But I really enjoy making people birthday cakes. What's your go-to... Well, whatever flavor they like. Mm. It's just a nice gift. Yeah. You know? I it, I used to, I will fuck up a sheet cake <laughs> like it's nothing. Just like a sheet, a vanilla on vanilla cake. It's, oh, yeah. it's like a person that's like a chocolate person. A vanilla sheet cake is like unbelievably good. I like chocolate with Vanilla buttercream. That's Fuck. my. That's what my mom used to make me for my birthday. So there's a nostalgia. Oh yeah, for sure. What's your ice cream? Currently, mm -hmm. peanut butter chocolate high and nuts. Wait, because every so wait, you have a current for what? Most people have an ice cream flavor. I that's, shift. That's. I I used to be a Ben and Jerry's like a couple of flavors through Ben and Jerry's. I rotated. You know what? I used to be a mint chocolate chip only. Really? Bluebell mint chocolate chip. Bluebell is a Texas oh, brand. Okay. Nothing mint else. Chocolate mint chip. chocolate chip was my shit. Okay. And but maybe it was my dad's favorite ice cream. So maybe there's a nostalgic thing. And now I'll fuck up strawberry ice cream. Strawberry. And coffee. Coffee I like. As a kid, I'm like, ugh. Coffee, like, coffee was before the peanut butter chocolate for a couple months. Yeah. I once said out loud, Mint does not belong in ice cream. And that's a wrap. <laughs> I will see you in court. <laughs> Mint chocolate is, I'm a, I'm a weirdo with weird combinations. Yeah. I'm like a chocolate cover bacon bitch. I'm like a red pepper yeah. chocolate bar bitch. Yeah, I'm yeah. like a, you know, one of those. Uh -huh. We I'll put potato chips in a hamburger. Like I'm a. Oh, that's, that, that's a good move. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like a one sauce on eggs bitch. Yeah. You know what's an A1 sauce? Oh, no. <laughs> Urchin? What? I no. love A1. Don't Close. ruin it. So, oh, yeah. What? Sardines. Babies? Anchovies. Oh. That's so wild because my story is that I don't like sardines. Because yeah, I'm always like in Caesar salads. I'm like, get the sardines off. But right. I guess I love them. Yeah. I would eat A1 sauce. I would just deep throat it with like a like yeah. a beer bong funnel. Yeah. In Anchovies. the South, Heinz 57 and A1 is a big deal. Yeah. What is your number one like, ugh? Condiment? Like, that's a trashy. Like, if I put ketchup on eggs, people are like, you're trash. No, I love ketchup on eggs. Thank you. Yeah. And I also like ketchup on hot dogs, but you're not supposed to do that in Chicago. Chicago, there's a lot of. You there's can so get many rules. Oh my so God. many rules about food yeah. in Chicago. Tradition. What's your number one, like, like, like if, if you made someone a meal, what's the number one, if they put a condiment on it, you'd be offended? Like, 
I don't. Condiments don't offend me. Or is it just salt? That like would if, probably piss me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you served me a beautiful meal, what would be the most offensive thing I could put on no, it? So here's the, I love salt. Me too. And um, if anything, I would season heavy on the salt. So mm-hmm. if they reach for the salt, I would be very Yeah, surprised. you're like, you have tongue cancer. Yeah. And <laughs> you should go to your oncologist. You, yeah, right? you're not well. <laughs> you might think you're that shot. Mentally. Yeah. Where are you on relish? What's your hot dog? I loaded up. Yeah? Yeah, I loaded up. Um, mustard, relish, ketchup. You go for the works. Yeah. Chicago dog? Yeah. Yeah. You like, you're very, I think, I find that people that are the most skilled in what they do sort of honor or, or appreciate just the basics of something and just quality ingredients. I made a crystal clear hot dog once, bite size, this big. Crystal clear hot dog. Yeah. That's. I remember that you did the pie that was crystal yeah, clear. Yeah, I think. The pie, yeah, Which, the pump, by the way, pumpkin pie. Uh, my new obsession is I want to do a party for. Remember those Jello molds in the fifties that oh, had yeah. like shrimp in them yep. and like meat. Yep. Isn't it wild that that was like just something people served? Yeah. At like weddings and stuff, it was a jello mold yeah, with yeah. meat in it. Ham. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ham. Remember those? Yeah. They had you put in like shrimp cocktail uh-huh. in a jelly mold yep. as like a pie. Yeah. Oh. The fifties. Wild. Wild. Those are wild. Smoking times. Smoking while pregnant, <laughs> making yeah. a shrimp jelly mold. Yep. Just like 100%. Jesus, guys. Yep. Y'all the, were maniacs. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, um, okay, I'm going to let you go. Next time you're in L.A., uh-huh. maybe we can do a round two. Yeah. Maybe we can do, like, a something with Sebastian and we can cook something yeah, or have, like, fun. a little weird cooking. I always get asked to do these, like, cooking competition shows, and I always say no because I'm, like, comically terrible at cooking, but I do know a couple— well, they wouldn't mind you to cook, right? They wouldn't mind you to judge? Or? Or, like, there's all these, like, cooking shows. They're, like, two celebrities have yeah, to cook yeah. something, oh. uh, you know, whatever. Okay. I do have a couple— Next time I'll serve you the things I came up on when you grew up poor and in the South, the okay. weird combinations that at the time you just thought they were like culinary delicacies and cho- you realized it was just, oh, we were poor and we had to just put those things together. <laughs> Bologna and something. Yeah, the yeah. mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, okay. I look back and I'm like, oh, that was like a culinary delicacy. Last, last, last thing. <laughs> okay. Because okay. I, la- I swear to, to God. A friend of mine is now, uh, you know, a father, and and um, uh, his kid is old enough to be selling Girl Scout cookies. My friends are old enough to have kids oh, selling boy. Girl Scouts. What is your number one? Because I I pride myself on being able to meet someone and know them and know what their Girl Scout cookie is. Did I not guess that yours was the shortbread, the trefoil? Yeah, sickening. It used well, to be the tag along, but as I matured, it was. The but tree-foil. I know yours is not thin mint because no. mint. You're not a thin mint. I bet you're a tag along guy. <laughs> Peanut butter? Hold on. No, 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 no. Really? Yeah. I knew. Those I'd have to put in the fridge. Oh, I love tag. Oh, oh yeah, because you love peanut butter. You know, I love oh, peanut shit, butter. I should have known that. I love peanut butter. So, but you know that, by the way, Girl Scout cookies are now 
there's the gluten-free ones that can't have peanuts in them. Yeah. I just got all my Girl Scout cookies and I'm like, these are not the fucking ones we grew up on. Where's the gluten? Where are the fucking peanuts? Like, let's Wait, go. Wait, they have regular ones, don't they? They Still, have some. Yeah. I'll show right. them to you. I have them in the trunk of my car. But Whitney's I just am, complaining. Huh? Whitney's just complaining about childhood fundraising. I days. would like to cancel the new Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> oh, I, I would not have bought them knowing they had the peanut butter ones didn't have nuts in them anymore. Yeah, right. They've had to like course full, correct. Full peanuts, I'm right. like, if your dork ass kid can't <laughs> oh eat God. a tag along, Winnie doesn't believe in food allergies. Don't ruin it for the rest of us. That was like the only good part of my childhood. So, like, oh my I'm, you're not taking the peanuts out of my fucking Girl Scout cookies. How dare you? Um, what an honor. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, Thank you. This was great. What a pleasure. I. Sorry. Next time we'll hook or something. I would love that. That would be cool. I know. And next time Sebastian will come. Yeah. Next time we'll dazzle you. Me and Seb- uh. two comedians will make the greatest chef alive a meal. Wonderful. <laughs> I love it. And then you can do stand up for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure. This is, I mean, I'm sure you guys already have it. The Alinea um, coffee table book is, I just. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. You do look at that, and you're just like, oh, that took so much work and time. No, I look at that, and I go, I know a couple of those recipes don't work. <laughs> hey, don't worry. No one that buys this yeah, can execute not any actually, of them. Yeah, don't actually, worry. It belongs on the coffee table. This is just porn. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. This is just porn. Right. Um, okay, I love you. I end these very awkwardly. Uh, don't ride elephants. We love you guys. I'm going to let you go. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Grant. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.